fairly close. All Aubuchons are right in the northeast, making a romantic getaway. Say, hey, honey, let's go to a gun quit and get some lobsters and chowder and some pot and soil at the Aubuchon. It's worth 25 shiny stickum stars. Aubuchon, it's good to go to. It's hard to spell. It's fun to say. Aubuchon. Hardware. It's time to get the story behind the story. Interviews with newsmakers, newsbreakers, and your phone calls. Radio Vermont presents The Mark Johnson Show. Thank you, Jim Connie. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. Another sweltering day out there today. Thanks for spending part of it with us. Gotta love it. And uh, winter will soon be here, so let's enjoy each and every summer day we have. Thanks for joining us on the program this morning. In just a moment here, we're going to... Be uh, talking about a place where I'm sure it's even uh, equally hot today, Cuba. Uh, and uh, we'll take your phone calls throughout the program as well, too. We'd love to hear from you. You can always join us. It's just a phone call away at 244-1777. That's our local number right here in the central Vermont area. If it's a toll call for you to reach Waterbury, you can reach us at 877-291-8255. That's uh, 877-291-8255. T-A-L-K. Let me remind you about one of our fabulous sponsors on the program before we get going here. Our friends at Jet Service Envelope can help you with any and all of your printing needs. A really fabulous company for you to do business with. They can save you some time and some money with those in-house projects that you might try to do yourself. They'll do a better job. They are the professionals. And uh, they do have reasonable prices. If you want to find out more about this great company, if you need to get a trifold brochure done... Maybe you need to get your resume redone. Maybe you're writing your memoirs. Give them a call at 229-9335. That's 229-9335. And on the web at jetservice-envelope.com. Let's give a nice one radio from my welcome this morning to Lincoln photographer Victoria Bluer, who's joining us here. We're going to chat a little bit about Cuba, a place that uh, she's visited. In fact, was there when uh, the uh, announcement came earlier this year, the thawing of relations between the United States and uh, Cuba. Thanks for joining us. How are you, Victoria? Good morning. Actually, I need to correct you. Okay. I was there the week before the okay, announcement the was made. Before. As soon as I came back, the announcement was made. All right. All right. So Obama let you get out of there before he made the well, announcement. Well, everybody thought I was responsible. Ah, there you go. <laughs> How many times have you been to Cuba? I've been twice, and I'm scheduled to go a third time in January. When was the first time you went? Uh, last December, 2014. And then I went um, in April. Okay. How, how did you get in? What was the... It's not the easiest place to get into. Um, well, I found a trip um, person to person. It's supposed to be educational or humanitarian. Um, a group of photographers going from ICP, which is the International Center of Photography. And I figured, you know, when I saw this trip in their catalog, I was like, this is perfect. I don't want to be stuck on a tour bus. I don't want some canned speech. I want to be out there photographing the people and the cars and going to offbeat places. So how did, how did the tour run? Um, well, we all met in Miami, and the next day we took an American Airlines flight to Havana, and, you know, we hit the ground running. And, um, yes, we did have a tour bus, but um, we were given lots of free time, and we went to places that normally people don't go or aren't, aren't supposed to go to. Okay. Did you have a minder of any kind? 
Um, yeah, you have to have. Um, it's a Cuban bus driver and a Cuban guide, but um, they're very frank about you know what Cuba is lacking. Okay. All right. How long was the trip? Um, both times it was a week. All right. Is that just sort of a tease, or did you feel like that was enough time, or or what? It's a tease. Um, as I become more comfortable in Havana, I want to see more and more of it. Um, maybe the seedier areas, but um, you know. Uh huh. So, what's the appeal to to you? For, what's the appeal of Cuba for you? Well, um, initially, it was the cars, and I found quickly that. The people are very open and um, very willing to have their photos taken, and they're just delightful. Okay. All right. But the cars is what interested you about going to Cuba? Yeah. All, right. All those 50s cars. Um, I've always had cars in my photographic work, and um, so I was happy to see a high concentration of them. Yeah, it is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So explain to our listeners why it is that, that people are driving around in cars that are 30 or 40 years old. Um, or actually 50 plus years old in some right. cases. Um, well, the embargo went into effect in 1962 with Kennedy. And so there basically have been no new cars. Um, in addition... If you're making $35 a month, you probably can't afford a new car. So actually, most Cubans do not have cars. It's the lucky few that had one in the garage or um, was able to maintain their car. Um, they've all been retrofitted for diesel fuel because I gather that's what's coming from South America. Mm-hmm. Didn't hmm. quite understand that, but um, the fumes there are pretty bad because mm -hmm. we are talking old cars without all the anti-pollution devices. Mm -hmm. So describe to me more, what's, what's Havana like? Um, it is in areas, there are beautiful buildings um, that they're working very hard to make um, structurally sound, um, but it quickly becomes very seedy looking um i was invited to people's houses and um and apartments and what i saw were once beautiful um mansions that have been chopped up to be apartments and a lot of them have the bathroom down the hall and they have whole families in two or three rooms and you know they're all sleeping on one bed but you can see the bones of the buildings are lovely. Mm -hmm. You know, beautiful tile floors, high ceilings. Um, I, I love the ironwork on the outsides, the stonework. Um, it was once a very classy-looking place. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't feel prosperous in any way. No. No. Um, I didn't see a lot of like homeless or anything um but i understand if you're not getting money from your family that is outside of cuba you're probably not doing as well mm -hmm. i mean 35 dollars a month yeah but you do get your rations you get you know maybe a dozen and a half eggs and a quarter pound of meat <laughs> wow yeah 
Okay. Yeah, and you don't see obesity there. Right, yeah. right. So what was the reaction you got to people with living in that kind of an economic situation? Well, um, before the announcement, people were really hoping we'd end the embargo. They want to trade with the U.S. They want to be able to make money with one of their closest neighbors. Um, and... I forgot the rest of the question. <laughs> well, with their, you know, the economic situation, they're oh, hoping the embargo. They were very, um, Are they mad at Americans? Um, no. I didn't, okay. I didn't get anything negative. I don't know if it's just the people I was seeing because they're used to dealing with tourists. But though we were in areas where that are not tourist areas and everybody was very nice. Um, I mean, I had people, men kissing me and hugging me, telling me they love America. Um, one of the photos I'm showing at my um, discussion at Frog Hollow is a man who has an American Eagle um, tattooed on his back. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they, they, they think they love America. I mean, they might find that they don't if our you know, big corporations move in and start making all the decisions. Right, right. So was there a lot of discussion when you were down there about this? Uh, yeah. Um, actually, our first driver, this was before the announcement, um, basically was very depressed. He would say to me, I would sit with him because I'd be in the front of the bus so I don't get sick. Um, God can take me anytime. And he was, I was like, well, how can you say that? You have a daughter and a granddaughter. And he's like, nothing's going to change. I mean, he was a very educated engineer and he can make more money being a guide on a right. bus for Americans because we tip them at the end mm -hmm. um, which you know I was tipping him more than $35 at the end of the week right. as was everybody else on the bus so he was he was making fair change um, but still he was like nothing's gonna change hmm. and then I did notice a real difference sort of opinion afterwards people start getting a little nervous. They're like, oh, we're so excited this has happened, but we're scared that we won't be able to have a voice in the change hmm. and what's going to happen. Okay. But any change is scary. Did it surprise <laughs> you to hear that? Um, I don't know. I mean, if, you're de if I were depressed about the status quo, I think change, no matter what, would be a good thing. Right, right. But um, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, it's a military government. I mean, you know, the expectation sounds as though it might be very high, though, that the situation's going to change radically kind of soon. Yeah. And, I mean, they have no equipment there. Um, it's slow moving. It's still a poor country. I mean, in order to build the infrastructure, um, you know, it takes major money. Mm -hmm. Though, I will say, when you get there, they, they tell you to bring only crisp $100 bills. And you get your money changed, and right off the bat, they take 13% just to get it converted. Uh -huh. And that goes, you know, right. into the pockets of... Slippage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, maybe if more dollars keep coming in and crisp $100 bills, they'll, get, they'll have more to, you know, shore up the buildings and put in new hotels. It's hard to find a no, new... You know, up to our, our standard 
um, hotel in Havana, though I did notice Airbnb is there, which huh, should be isn't great. That right? wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So was it, what kind of places were you staying in? Um, in Havana, we stayed in what I would consider a first-class hotel. Um, at one point, we went to a small fishing village. Um, and uh, we stayed in what was once a gorgeous hotel. Um, but it wouldn't have made the AAA guidebook. Um, Some people had ants in their rooms. Not everybody had a toilet seat. One little, little towel for the shower. Uh Um, I mean, it made no difference to me because I was, you know, in real Cuba. So, and it had a beautiful view. It was on top of a mountain. It's just we're used to having toilet seats and big fluffy towels. There you go. (laughs) Was it expensive? Um. Most was paid for um, once you sign on with the group. The only thing was tips and some meals. But the meals were very cheap. Um, you could get a delicious dinner with um, you know, two glasses of wine for probably $10. Okay. <laughs> That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. yeah. What were you eating for dinner? Give me, give me an example well, of the best dinner you had. Well, um, I'm a vegetarian. So, um, they actually made a big fuss out of me. I was so embarrassed. I was like, I'll, I'll just have rice and beans. But um, they would bring me pasta with um, sautéed vegetables and things like that, which is fine with me, and I love it. Uh-huh. But people there were having lobster. Other people in my group were having lobster and, f- I mean, really fresh fish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh I heard that Cubans were great fans of ice cream, and I'm a great fan of ice cream, but I never had ice cream. I didn't really see it for sale. Hmm. You did photograph one kid eating an yeah, ice cream Yeah, I know. I should have. Maybe, uh, maybe, you know, pilfered his. <laughs> yeah. but, but actually, maybe you can talk about this photograph. You, uh-huh. you, uh, you have these wonderful photographs. Actually, before we talk about a specific photograph... You've got to tell me about this practice that you do and how you do photography, which is totally different than anybody else that I've ever heard. This hand painting. What is that all about? Oh, okay. Well, the Cuba photos are digital. My hand-colored photos are an old technique that they used before color film, where shoot with black and white film. I develop it in my darkroom, print it on black and white paper, God, you are a dinosaur. I am a dinosaur. Um, and once it dries and flattened, I hand color it with oil paints made specifically for photographs. And the oil paints have been around for probably 120 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, so, yeah. But my time is limited because the last paper I found, and it was just a small... Um, Yugoslavian photographic paper company. It has since gone bankrupt. Um, That was the last paper I could really hand color on successfully the way I like it because I like lots of color. So my, I bought up all I could find once I heard they're going bankrupt and um, I had at one point about a 15 year supply. Wow. And I would say I probably have a five or six year supply left. Now, um, I've tried every digital paper out there 
to see if I could switch to digital. Um, before, I was like, no, I'm not going to go digital. But um, I will go digital if I can continue hand coloring. Uh, so I have lots of little trial packets and of different digital papers. And I haven't found one to my liking. If I want to adjust my style... I can do digital. Okay. All right. But I'm not there yet. Okay. We're talking with photographer uh, Victoria Bluer. Um, let me remind you, too, she has an event that's going to be coming up. She's showing her f photographs from her trips to Cuba uh, up at Frog Hollow. This is uh, ongoing from now until August 2nd. And then Victoria is going to be having a talk that's coming up on Thursday, July 23rd, a week from this Thursday. That's at 630. What are you, what are you going to be talking about there? Well, um, since there's limited wall space at Frog Hollow, I mean, I have a great exhibit. Um, I'm bringing a whole bunch of other photographs and doing a slideshow, taking questions, talking about just my experience there. Okay. All right. Maybe they could take down the Doug Knapp stuff for one night and, you know, make a little bit more room for it. <laughs> I'm not going there. 244-1777. That's our local number in central Vermont. Toll free, you can reach us at 877-291-8255. So when you do the hand painting, tell me more about how this works. How do you, how does the, how do you actually apply and do the color? Um, I use cotton swabs. And I actually make my own cotton swabs because I need different sizes. I usually smooth the paint with cotton balls. Um, it is time-consuming, but I, I think I am a frustrated painter. Okay. I can't draw, so I'll just color photographs. Well, I've never heard of anybody that's ever done this before. You, you probably have seen hand-colored photos. I mean, Wallace Nutting. Have you seen his work? I, I, maybe. Uh, I don't you know. Probably your mother has a picture that's been hand-colored from her okay. wedding or graduation or something i mean i'm thinking of bird photographers and, mm -hmm. and those kind of books it would seem to me those might be hand painted mm. no well, if they're old i mean you know we've only had color film so long so a lot of older photography is is hand colored okay do you follow exactly what it looked like in into your natural eye or do you no do you, no no, if you look at my photos, the there are lots of bright colors. Like I, I like a deep purple. I love the reds and oranges. So um, actually, my work right now is very graphic-y. I, I do pictures of barns, but it's not a nice Vermont barn scene necessarily. It's you know part of a barn or something like that. That's some part of the design of the barn that I focus on. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the pictures that you're, the photographs that you're going to show about Cuba. Is there a point you're trying to make with these photographs? Um, it's more than informational because I love the place and I love the people. And I hope I convey how open and wonderful they are, though they might be wearing a ratty t-shirt. Mm -hmm. um, I always got a kick out of women smoking cigars. Yeah. Uh, just trying to document it um, as is, because it is this wonderful time capsule, and sooner or later it will change. I don't know how, but um, I just want to, now that we can go in, capture it. Right, right. Have it. Right. 
it's sort of odd when you read about how this is changing. I mean, they're going to open an embassy, and I guess that's relatively soon, right? I mean, it's supposed to be sometime next week is what I read. Yes, though technically we do have a building down there, and I'm not talking about Guantanamo. We do have a building yeah. down there. Um, when a Cuban wants to come visit America, the hardest part is the Cuban government allowing to believe. Like, they're afraid people won't come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to get permission. And then it sounds like you have to get some sort of visa from the U.S. to go. Um, the first guide we had who was so depressed had tried to get a visa to visit the U.S. six times. He just gave up. Wow. Um, because Cuba was not going to let him go. He's an they, engineer. He's yeah. an engineer. They don't want their doctors going. Um I don't know if there were reprisals if, for your family if you leave. Uh, on my second trip, we were going to be uh, filmed by the film crew from Dateline. And I had my pre-interview, and actually the woman was um, an expat from Cuba. Hmm. <clears throat> and she was very excited because she was going to see her grandmother for the first time. So we get to Cuba, and we're like, well, where's the Dateline crew? And they're like, didn't get permission to visit. Wow. So they're punishing them. I mean, she was only a, a child when she left, but her dad was a doctor. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're still doing that. Huh. So do people believe that this is for real, or do they think this is just show? Oh, I, I never felt as though anyone doubted it. Okay. Um, my concern, and I would say most of the people on my tour, was that all of a sudden cruise ships are going to come and dock in Havana, and that they have these beautiful beaches that are pristine. That you know, condos are going to go up, Hiltons are going to go up, right? You know, container ships are going to come and pick up all the cars. You know, right. ruin right. the charm of the place. So. I hope it goes slow and and they know what a gem they have and don't make it another, you know, Cancun or something. Because mm-hmm. it is a Caribbean island. Right, right. Tell me about your second tour operator. What was what was that person? She like? was actually a dental student who took a year off to make more money. Wow. Okay. Um and we were afraid that, you know, she drunk the Kool Aid, but she was very honest. Uh about what they can do and can't do. Now, before we um, were let loose, we were told um, from our our American group leader, do not try to talk politics in an enclosed place because people are listening. Mm-hmm. And um, the second group leader, Cuban group leader, had a cell phone. She knows they're listening. Okay. They know the internet is being monitored. Mm-hmm. Well, ours, yeah, right. ours is in this country, <laughs> too. Thinking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least they're open about it, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. If you have any comments or questions, you can join us at 244-1777, toll-free 877-291-8255. When you say you were let loose, what, did that, what does that mean? Um, well, we had free time. And so I would usually go off and walk until I got lost um, and then try to find my way back. 
there was only one. Hopefully just <laughs> short of getting lost. Well, there was one time where I just had no idea where I was, and I just got in a cab. Okay. All right. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 I would do the same in New York if I exactly. didn't, didn't know where the subway was. Okay. Or Paris. All right. So, okay. So tell me, tell me more about whether or not people are buying this or not. Um, buying... Buying into that this whole embargo is going to actually result in something positive happening in their lives. I think most are very optimistic. There were only a couple that I met who actually said, um, we were scared. Mm-hmm. Was the second, the woman you described as a dental assistant, was she more upbeat than the first tour? Yes, much more so. I mean, she was younger, too. Right. Does she want to stay in Cuba? Do people want to get out of there? Do people want to come to the United States? Oh, many want to come. I mean, I had one man just grabbing me, saying, please take me back. (laughs) Um, He was the guy who wanted to show me his tattoo on his back. Okay. Um, But, yeah. They all, they all want to come to America. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, so, uh, tell us, talk a little bit about what you're going to be showing at, or what's being shown at Frog Hollow. You have photographs of what? Um, well, I didn't want to do all people or all cars, so I did sort of half and half. Um, and I do love the cars, and I think it comes across in my work. I was mesmerized at the colors. Um, and the designs that we used to put on cars, just amazing. Yeah. And the hood ornaments. I mean, we had a Pontiac hood ornament that if the sun hits it right, it glows. I mean, it was just lovely. I want a hood ornament for my Volvo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, they don't really do that with Volvos, do they? No. So were there areas that you wanted to go to that you couldn't? I was just told in one area, I probably don't want to go there. I mean, they're gonna, you're going to find people apparently selling drugs and sex. Um, I don't think they were going to approach me for the sex. But, okay. um, and, you know, it was just a little area. And I was warned by someone in my group. Saying, right. I went this way, they kept trying to sell me sex and drugs. So, it's like, okay, I won't go. Okay, but you weren't, it doesn't sound like you were restricted terribly by your minders. No. Um, there were a couple places, they didn't want us to look like we were having fun, so it looks educational. Like, we went to the beach. Okay. And frowned the whole time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I actually had a blast at the beach. It was hot. Um, Some people went in the water. I went in the water at a different time, and it's lovely. Um, But at that point, it was so hot I wasn't gonna be out on the beach. So my second trip, I brought a Polaroid camera, so I could give them a photo. Right. You know. They don't have cameras, so they don't have photos. And that was so much fun. I mean, they were offering me drinks and lunch and stuff because they were like, take a photo of me and my best friend. Take a photo of me and my mom. Take my... It was just, it was a blast. Mm-hmm. And I found that the kids, um, just all over, they loved having their photos taken. They know the poses. Some of the girls have these little model poses. Um, I don't know what they've been seeing, but... Yeah. <laughs> Do they, and do they get do they get American TV? I mean, are yes, people bootlegging it somehow? Yes, um, apparently every couple weeks, um, bootlegs come in. 
Okay. And actually, there was a photographer there who was doing, uh, a Cuban photographer, doing what I thought was amazing work. And I'm like, do you have Adobe Photoshop? And he says, yes. And I'm like, how? And he says, bootleg. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, you can you can get any, I guess, software bootlegged. Right. Did anybody want to know what you were taking pictures of? Did anybody want to look at what you were taking pictures of before you left? No. No. That surprised you? No. I mean, I was told at one point we were driving by Guantanamo... Um, they have their base there too. Not to photograph that. Yeah. Not to photograph uh, in the airports. Right. Okay. Um, Pretty typical. Yeah. Train stations. People get a little nervous. Right. Too. Yeah. Right. What about people? Did was there any resistance on the part of people to be photographed? I mean, you said um, there kids was only cool. one person, um, and that that's fine. Yeah. I don't want to be photographed. It was an older man. Um, the thing that surprised me was, one, how inviting they were. Um, one, they liked having their photos taken, but they wanted you to come into their houses and see what they have. Um, they wanted to show me their televisions. And um, that's, that's the thing that really struck me. It was like, can you imagine a New Yorker saying to a, a tourist, right. come look at my apartment? Right. <laughs> you know, you'd be afraid you'd never come out again right right so, so what questions did they have for you did they what questions did they ask you um you know what i think i did most of the, the asking okay because yeah. i was if it was a cab driver i wanted to know how they got their car um they would show me every part of the car they let me sit in their car uh as you can see, I have details from insides of cars. I want to know about their families, if they had relatives in the U.S., if they'd ever visited the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you run into a number of people who had visited the U.S.? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and at one point, we were sort of in the boonies, and we saw a adult... Um, baseball game going on and someone you know a spectator was there and i started talking to him he spoke perfect english he was very proud he's got um one daughter in london and one in detroit and he had visited them huh wow okay so, and i said you didn't want to go and he said no mm-hmm huh so people are allowed to visit the united states I, i'm sort of surprised to hear that under under what context were they able to do that business stuff or pleasure or what i I don't know. Maybe the Cuban government's gotten soft and allows people to go see their families. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there's been times where that's not the case. Right. 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 I think um, when Obama um, started his presidency, he relaxed things. I know George Bush tightened them. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. maybe that's when they got to see their families. Talk to me about taking photographs. What what have you learned in the years that you've done that could be helpful for us to know in terms of taking a good photograph? What's the key? Um, If I have a photograph I don't like of mine, it's usually because I haven't gotten close enough. It's like, why didn't I get in there and get the nitty-gritty part? So, Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to move in and get a Mm -hmm. close-up. Other than that, it's lighting. (laughs) And composition, which you just learn. 
right. um, by doing. If you actually critique your work, you say, what do I, do not, I don't like about this photo? Uh -huh. What should I have included? What was the light like in, in Cuba? I thought it was beautiful all day long. Um, the sunsets were amazing along the um, seawall in Havana. Mm -hmm. um, one of my slides at the um, slideshow I'm giving is of a sunset. You know, it's one of those big Caribbean sunsets. Yeah. So, really beautiful. There was one, there was a picture that you were showing me before we started here of a kid standing up against a seawall with about the biggest splash. Yeah. Is that, is that part of the exhibit too? Uh, yeah, that's part of... Um, not a triptych, but it's five prints uh, sequence. Basically, um, the sea, the sea, and the seawall sort of keeps them from being free. Um, they can't get off the island without permission, mm -hmm. or working very hard to do it. Uh, one of the places we visited was um, they have a certain high security area where fishermen are. Because since they have boats and motors, they right. have to be very trusted Cubans. And so we were allowed, our group, which is very unusual, was able to go see their boats. Um, but, yeah, their families live, out, you know, in a separate area because they don't want them taking off in the middle of the night with their boats and family and head, head our way. Mm-hmm. When you were down at the seawall looking back towards Miami, tell me what, what were you thinking when you saw that? It was the second trip that I just, I felt a little claustrophobic for them. It's like, I mean, I love Cuba, but I never really thought about our freedom to travel. Yeah. If we want to go, go somewhere else or go to Canada or, you know couple of places we're not allowed to go to, but other than that, we're free to travel. Right, right. Did you feel as though that 90 miles looking back was a short distance or a long distance? Oh, a very long distance. Um, when we were visiting the fishermen, they were showing us uh, shark's teeth and stuff like that, and I was like, that would be a big risk. Yeah. Did you talk to anybody who tried to get off the island or knew people that had tried to get off the island? Mm. No, they might not be quite so visible anymore. Right. <laughs> Probably not really. And even if they were, maybe not really talk about it per se. Yeah. Yeah. So you're planning on going back again? Yes, in January. All right. And what? And what's what's your? You're going to take more photos, obviously. Take more photos. Um, see some different places, and I'm just curious, you know, if it's changed or not. Okay. It's fine with me if it hasn't, yeah. but if it has, I'll be interested. The only actual physical change I saw between the two trips I took was, for some reason, they dug up the really nice palm trees outside of our hotel and put in new, smaller ones. That's bizarre. It's like, yeah, that was make work. That is really <laughs> bizarre. Yeah. So what surprised you? What, what, you know, in terms of your expectation before you went and then after you got home, what, what, was, what was different? A, you mean surprised me there? Well, yeah. I mean, you obviously had a, when you, before you went, you had some idea what was going to happen. And mm -hmm. then you went there and, and in some way, I'm sure it either 
was different than what you expected or or maybe not um well i I went in with no you know set idea i knew they'd be beautiful buildings but there are just so many of them, and they're in such a lousy condition. And yes, a coat of paint would make them look beautiful again, but they're structurally not sound. Um, I'd never expected such inviting, lovely people. I mean, really? Inviting me into your home? I'm like, really? You're kidding? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to rob me? Right. You know? Right. I mean, even in Vermont, I, I can't imagine. Though some people do do that. I mean, some of when I'm traveling, photographing some, you know, old codger's barn, they'll come in and show me, you know, their daughter's wedding picture and stuff like that. But it's always a surprise when someone does that. It's like, I'm, I must look trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to take your silver. Right. <laughs> right. Well, you wouldn't get very far with it either, not, not in Cuba. What was the best photograph? What's the photograph that you liked the best that you took there? Oh, uh, well... It's the photograph of the little boy with the ice cream cone because he was so full of joy with something so simple like an ice cream cone. Because when you're making so little money, an ice cream cone is a huge treat. I mean, he was skipping down the street, about five years old, in his little undies with that ice cream cone. I just thought that is joy. Mm-hmm. Who were the other people on the trip with you? Um, it varied. There were um, actually birders. Um, some people, there were retired people who kind of brought their their wives who had no interest in photography. There were some professional photographers. Um, so it really varied. The first trip had a lot more young people. Mm-hmm. in their 20s and that's like herding kittens i mean <laughs> i felt really badly because you don't have yourself on there so you can't text up you know everybody come oh back you know yeah. we're meeting yeah. at noon right and um i don't know the 20 year olds are just kind of scatter it's like where are they <laughs> so mm-hmm. and then they were big partiers okay well All actually right. each group had big partiers so like I figured I can party anytime I want. I'm here to photograph. Yeah. So I'd get up early, you know, stay out as late as I could photographing. Mm-hmm. So could you get up in the morning at your hotel and just go out on your own? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I guess I'm a little surprised that how, how loose they were with you guys. Yeah. Hopefully that's not going to get anyone in trouble. But yeah. 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 Second best photograph you took was what? Um... Oh, I think probably the sort of abstract of a car tail fin. Um, it's a blue car fin, and the background is a red. Mm-hmm. I just appreciate the colors. Yeah, okay. So back in January, your event is coming up uh, a week from Thursday, 6.30 p.m., and then again, uh, the exhibit's going to be going on to August 2nd. What are you getting for feedback on it? People loving it. I mean, I actually was standing in there waiting for somebody to meet somebody at Frog Hollow, and it was it was fun to listen to the comments. Yeah, that must have been a little yeah. fly on the wall. Yeah. Uh, what, what did people say? Oh, so beautiful. I mean, they didn't weren't saying it to me. They were saying it to their companions no, I, I know, or to the salespeople, oh, just how beautiful it was and how great it was. And I, I saw people start to walk by Frog Hollow, and I have a couple photos in the window, and they would turn around and come back in. 
So I think everybody's a little curious about Cuba right now. Yeah, I think you're right. So what what, what are the questions you think you're going to get asked at this event? What do you think people want to know about? Um, If it gets too political or technical, I probably can't answer it. Um, I'm just, you know, one photographer visiting this island, but I can give my impressions. Yeah, okay. So any other impressions you want to share with us that I haven't asked you about? No, I can't think of anything. All right. All right. I just, I just, everybody appreciate the freedom we have to travel. I mean, it's just that's what I came back with. Yeah, it's just that you know, we we don't know how lucky we are. You said it felt a little claustrophobic at one point, and it, you know that word kind of resonated with me. My brother and I did some traveling in Africa, and we were in South Africa during the apartheid regime, mm-hmm. and it, it, it was the word I felt. And we sort of felt like we were being watched all the time. Mm-hmm. It really didn't feel like uh, we had total freedom of movement, and it really felt like everybody that we were in contact with was being watched, too. Yeah. Well, there was an interesting moment where I was walking back one night, and all of a sudden, all these police um, sort of emerged. And I went back to the hotel and asked my guide, and I said, well, you know, what was that about? And he goes, oh, they probably know in advance something's going to go down. Okay. And I was like, oh, Okay, what does that mean? Maybe someone gave the police a heads up. Someone will be dealing drugs or something, which okay. is a real offense there. Okay. I mean, I think you don't come back to that. <laughs> what, what are the drugs that people are selling? I don't know. No one asked me. <laughs> oh, all right, that's right. You didn't wander down. You didn't wander down yeah, into the, right. the, the sex drug trade area. <laughs> no. It's nice to get at least a little bit of a warning. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for coming in. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks, um, and Thank thanks you. for bringing your photographs. They're really they're, there's something really very cool about this hand painting thing. I'm I'm a little fascinated by that. Thanks for coming oh, thank in. Thank you. Victoria Bluer, uh, if you want to see her photographs by the way, you can go to victoriabluer.com right. on the World Wide Web. All right, we'll take a short break. We'll be back right after these important announcements. Thinking of going solo but not sure how